0: welcome you all again to Bible study and I want to thank you for making it against all odds. These are very challenging times in our country at the moment, and of course, very challenging times across the globe if you follow the happenings around the world. But we thank God that His word is everlasting. And is universally applicable. So if you are watching from England, from the United States, from other parts of Africa, you are listening via our various channels, I want you to know that God is the same. And the underlying principle of walking with God is faith. By faith, we walk with God. And through faith, we have results. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In verse 2, it says, For by it, the elders obtained a good report. There are evil reports which abound all over the world as we speak this evening. And even our country. But if the Bible says that some people obtained a good report through a particular means, I think it is wise for us also to follow suit. The Bible says, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. How do you think you are going to obtain a good report? Come on, talk to me. By faith. By faith. All these gifts of the spirit that we have been studying for a while and we're taking the last one tonight, also operate by faith. The Holy Spirit distributes them severally to every man according to his will, but if he gives you a gift and you are not bold enough, you don't have enough faith to operate it, then it stops with you. For example, a worship service is going on and the Lord gives you a word of knowledge about someone, about a class sister, and You're thinking, should I go to them, should I not go to them? Or maybe even a word of wisdom. Or maybe the gift of prophecy. Something to speak over the church which will edify the church. What is the purpose of prophecy? Three things. Number one, for edification, for exhortation, and for comfort. Do you remember that? You find that in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 3. That's the purpose of prophecy. So when you come up here... And then you prophesy. Now, okay, that must be, f- yeah? 12.3 or 14.3, either of the two. I think it's 14.3 now. Yeah. yeah. But he that prophesied, speak it unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. That's the purpose. First 1 Corinthians 14.3, thank you. That's the purpose of prophecy. But then, it, it requires a measure of faith to do. Even though God has given you a word for the church, a word that will comfort us. A word that will edify us. What does it mean to edify? To build up. A word that will exhort us. What does it mean to exhort? Exhort is E-X-H-O-R-T, not exalt, E-X-A-L-T, which is to lift up. This other one, exhort, E-X-H-O-R-T, means to draw near to God. When you draw yourself near to God or draw someone else near to God, you make them come nearer, closer to God. That's exhortation. So whatever you say that brings people closer to God is called exhortation. Let's say, for example, the Holy Spirit gives you a word, but you don't operate by faith. Now, you receive the word, but then it stops with you, and then it stays with you, and the one that needs that word is in that service. Then that person is not going to be blessed because you have failed to act by faith. So these gifts also require faith to function. In Hebrews 11 and verse 6, the Bible says it is by faith that we please God. You can't please him. For without faith, we can't please God. So he that cometh to God must first believe that he is. Now, read it. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Impossible. Forget it. You are trying to please God if you don't walk by faith if you don't live by faith you cannot please god oh if i fast like 100 days out of 365 i'm really going to please god no if your fasting is not based on faith it's a waste of time you're just on hunger strike you want to please god some people think well if i pray like three hours every day yeah god is going to be pleased like it depends on your performance no it is by faith that we please god for Without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible. Do what you like. It is impossible to please him. And I want to please God. I'm sure you want to please God. We want to please God. If you live a life that pleases God, there are certain things that will come into your life. Certain blessings that will come that you didn't even ask for. Because you are pleasing to him. There are certain things you get by trusting God. But there are certain things that come when God can trust you. So when your life is pleasant to God, that means God can trust you. Like he said concerning Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I mean, I'm really pleased in him. The second place where God said that, on the Mount of Transfiguration, he said, hear ye him. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The first time he said that was when he went to the baptism of John. I'm pleased in him. Therefore, I can entrust things in his care. So you discover that people just try to, many times, um, do things by their efforts. And we try to just, you know, get God to be on our side and all of that. But hey, without faith, you can't please him. If you can't please him, how do you think you're going to be able to operate the gifts of his Spirit When you are not pleasing to him. right so how do i please god by faith what does that mean believe his word and act on what you believe now he says for he that comes to god if you're going to come to god now you can you can go to other people you can go to the habilis you can go to satan you can go to human beings but if you are going to come to god the bible says you must first believe that god is that is he exists god is and that is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I don't want to teach another message tonight because, you see, I can go off the tangent and be talking about something else. Especially if you look at the word diligently seek him. The major challenge we have as Christians is our diligence. Consistency. You know, sometimes you come to church and you hear a word about prayer, for example, and that evening, you get to your room. My God, you're on fire. You scatter every devil around you. Two hours. They are begging you to stop praying. Said, "No, I'm not going to stop praying." I mean, you're on fire. And then the following night, you try and struggle, and you do like an hour. And the night after, I gotta sleep. Can't kill myself. I wasn't part of the people that crucified him. I thank him and I love him. He's my Lord. Amen. Praise God. And then you stop your prayer for another two weeks. You're on holiday. You're on vacation. And then you you hear a message again, maybe over the radio, on the internet, or a short clip on social media. And the person spoke about prayer. Then you resume your prayer. You do like two days again and then off you go. The power of prayer is in the consistency. If you want to do 30 minutes, do 30 minutes every day and be consistent. If you keep knocking on a particular spot, if you keep knocking, or like water. If water begins to drop on the floor here, on a particular spot, every day, just a few drops of water every day. A few drops every day. Check back after one year, there will be a mark somewhere. Prayers like that. But what do we do? We pray for a while, we don't get result. we back out. We try other things. Church, if there's anything I believe the Holy Spirit is emphasizing in my life right now, it is the, the power of prayer. And having a consistent prayer life. And I mean praying always. In Luke 18:1, the Bible says that Jesus spoke a parable to this end That men ought always to pray and not faint. I'm going to tie that up to the gift of the Spirit. Because you see, how do you operate these power gifts? How do you operate the utterance gifts? How do you operate the revelation gifts? The three of them that say something, the three of them that do something, and the three of them that reveal something, if you are prayerless. You are not giving God room to operate in your life. In Luke 18, 1, Jesus spoke a parable to this end that men ought Once in a while to pray. Now come and talk to me church. How often is always? How always is often? (laughs) I mean always and often are are adjectives. I'm sorry. They are synonyms in English. I know some pronounce the word as often. I don't know about that. But British English I think is often. O-F-T-E-N. So whether it's often or often. Often is always. Always is often. Jesus said that men always Men ought always to pray. That means, even right now, you ought to be praying. Now, you ought to listen to God's word, but in your spirit, prayer is ongoing. When you are sleeping, you're praying. You're sleeping in the natural, but your spirit man keeps praying. I mean, you're doing other things, and then your, your thoughts are coming, ascending up to God as prayer. it becomes difficult for the devil to harass your mind and to give you immoral thoughts, sexual thoughts every time. Some guys can't think straight. I mean, you sit down like this, you're thinking sex every time. What's wrong with you? It's a sign that your prayer altar is dead. Dead. D-E-A-D, dead. You can, you can, you can have friends, female friends. What you're thinking about is whatever. When we don't pray, we do bad. So, if you desire spiritual gifts, you ought to pray. All of these gifts, we're going to look at them in a, in, a, in a while, but let me show you a scripture Acts of the Apostles and chapter 6. Now, the New Testament church was born on the wings of prayer and the Holy Spirit. You remember the 120 of them went one accord in the upper room. Now look at chapter 6. By this time, the church had grown. You know, Peter preached and 3,000 souls were added to the church. And so, Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. And then chapter 3, they went, Peter and John went to the temple in the hour of prayer. Maybe I can show you that quickly. In the hour of prayer. What's hour of prayer? These men have made prayer so much in lifestyle. There was something called the hour of prayer. Acts chapter 3 verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. being the ninth hour. The ninth hour will be nine hours from 6 a.m. And that will take us to 3 p.m. And traditionally, some of the Jews observe all these, you know, what they call uh, prayer hours like every three hours or so. You have 6 a.m., you have 9 a.m., you have 12 noon. You have 3 p.m. And, and and then you have six p.m. And some observe these this this five, you know, what they call prayer hours. Now, it's a it's a good practice, really. Some say, Well, I don't want to be caught up in routine, I, I don't want to be caught up in religion. Hey, listen. If you don't pray, you do badly. You surprise yourself. You do things that you've sworn to God you never do again. Has that ever happened to you? When you did something terrible and then you told God, God, next time I do it, kill me. I mean, just K I L L me, kill me, K I double hockey sticks me, and then you did it again, and it didn't kill you because he didn't listen to that that prayer because he's looking at you, uh, look at you, you don't even have a prayer life. What are you doing about this, Lord? Like someone, I read in the book years ago when I was a teenager. Somebody wrote in the book, he said, if I I have sex again, just strike me with leprosy. I said, "Uh, if God hears that kind of prayer, you're a dead man. (laughs) He said, if you think upon a woman, and in your heart, you've done stuff. You've done stuff. Hey, guys, they went into the temple at the hour of prayer. Why do you think Jesus cleaned up the temple? In Mark chapter 11, when he came to Jerusalem, and beat those guys that were selling doves and all of that, he said, because my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. I, I want to charge you a little bit tonight because I want you to pray. And I'm going to be talking to you about this often. My Sunday messages, my Thursday messages, no matter what I'm teaching, I will still talk about prayer. And the devil doesn't mind us talking about prayer. For as long as you won't pray. The Christian that begins to pray is the one that disturbs the devil. You begin to disturb him because you begin to jam his his network. Like when banks in Nigeria experience a jam in the network. You transfer, it won't go. Somebody sends money to you. they They may even debit you, but they won't be credited because there's a network jam. That's what happens when we pray. We jam the network of the enemy. In Mark 11, Jesus spoke in verse 17, And he taught saying unto them, after he had cleaned up the temple, you know, he beat them up, those guys in verse 15, the temple in Jerusalem, then in verse 17, he now began to teach. What was the content of the teaching? He said, is it not written, my house shall be called of all nations, the house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. Can your life as God's house be a house of prayer? So that it doesn't become a den of thieves. Can we make this church the house of prayer? Can we have young people come in any time, any day, just walk in, take a seat, go to a corner, and pray? The days in which we live, if you decide to live on someone else's faith, you'll surprise yourself. If you decide to be begging people, you know, because um, everybody has financial needs now, and um, there's um, a problem with cash flow and you think you calculate that somebody will give you money, you're wasting your time. Everybody has issues right now. Some have money. They can't access it. Some don't have at all. So, if you think that by calculating, you know, when I go to church, or when I go somewhere, when I go to my family, I'll tell my uncle, I'll uh, tell my cry before my auntie, you're wasting your time. Don't waste time looking for who to beg. Get Jesus said, my house is the house of prayer. I'll show you Acts chapter 6. So in Acts chapter 3, as they went to the, uh, the temple in the, house, in the hour of prayer, you remember they met a guy by the, by the, by the gate there called Beautiful, who was lame at feet, and then they prayed for him and in the name of Jesus. They did the miracle on him, and then they walked into the temple with them, praising God and leaping and walking, praise God. And then in Acts chapter 4, the the religious leaders, authorities were really angry against them. And then they took them. And then they threatened them. And they tried to beat them up and all of that. And then they went back to their own company. When they let them go, they went back to their own company. When they got back to their company, what did they do? The Bible says they prayed again. And that moved again into Acts chapter 5. And by Acts chapter 5, the church was really growing. Can you see, because they were given to prayer, they said to God in their prayer, grant us that we may speak your word with boldness. They prayed for boldness. And that you stretch forth your hand to heal and to deliver so that you back up the word that we preach in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And by Acts chapter 5, they church grew. In fact, in one of the verses, verse 14, it says, and believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. The church began to grow. And because of this growth, by Acts chapter 6, they began to have problems. You know, when people begin, begin to come to your church from all kind of places, of course, people will step on toes and all of that. We, we, we fight one another, have a little quarrel here and there, settle issues here and there. The apostle said, look, we can't be just settling issues and be, at, and be serving tables. We shouldn't just be involved because there's an issue between the widows of the Hebrew and the Hebrew, uh, the, the Grecian uh, widows. You know, they said, well, they don't remember our widows in, in the daily ministration, in the in the distribution of food. You know, they give more people. They, they give these widows preference over, you know, our own widows. All of those kind of stuff that happen in church. The pastor, will allow the choir to minister every Sunday. We'll give them 15 minutes. But my, my drama, after we have rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed, only 15 minutes, they can't give us. Or dance. We have rehearsed and rehearsed. And pastor would not allow us to minister. All those kind of things began to show up. And the disciples thought, look, the apostles thought, look, this is going to be a distraction. See what they said in Acts chapter 6. And, and, and Okay, so verse 1 says, And in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, and I'm going to talk about this on Sunday, there arose a murmuring of the Christians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said... It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Verse 3, wherefore brethren, look out ye among you, seven men of honest report, full of the holy ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Look at the qualification for those that will serve tables. Qualification for those that will help to serve food. <laughs> Number one, they said there must be men of honest report. I wish Nigeria would get that right. Honest report. People that have integrity. Number two, they must be full of the Holy Ghost to serve food. Number three, they must be full of wisdom. Whom we may appoint over this business. There are people today rooting for a particular presidential candidate that they cannot pray to God. They can't honestly pray to God and say, Lord, let this man rule my life. Or I can commit my business into his hands. But yet you want him over the nation. People are just so Selfish. What I can get because it's my party. What I can get because it's my uncle. They don't care about, what about the collective good of the nation? I mean, you go overseas and you don't need any connection to do things. Just because you are there, things work. This is how we do it in America. This is how we do it, this is the UK. This is how things are done. It doesn't matter whether you are white or black or whatever. This is how things are done, there's a system. If you buy your ticket, you get to the train station in England, for example, go to the right platform, The train will not say, okay, no, I'm not going to pick you because you're you're from Nigeria. No, you've got your ticket, you're on the right platform, get in. The train takes you to your destination. Just because there's a system that works. If you go to America, they have their system. they will go and serve you and there are people around you that are serving and they are wondering because they don't know anybody look at this look at the qualification for people that would serve tables Verse, the next verse verse 4 it said, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. but we will give ourselves continually to prayer prayer must be continued Did you hear what I said? That's the power of prayer, consistency. We will give ourselves continually to prayer. So tonight when you get home, please pray. Pray tomorrow. Pray every day. Let it become the breath that you breathe. We will find the Holy Spirit using us. We will find him flowing through us. These nine gifts would flow severally. Will flow as the Holy Spirit desires, as he wills. It will distribute to willing vessels. You want to operate in any of the gifts? Pray. Give yourself continually to prayer. And to the ministry of the word. And guess what happened? The same pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And Philip and Prochorus and, and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Whom they said before the apostles. And when they had prayed. They laid hands on them. You can imagine. We will give ourselves continually to pray. And to the ministry of the word. Then they chose these men. And then they prayed. And after praying then they laid hands on them. Look at what happened. The resultant effect. Verse 7. And the word of God increased. And the number of the disciples multiplied. In Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Because they prayed. And they gave themselves to the word. Sometimes, it's not just for the ministry. Also for your business. For your personal business. You paid for ad on social media. You've tried to boost your, your, your page, your profile. Those things are good. Do whatever you can in the natural. You might even need to hire a social media person to help you run things and all of that. But hey, before you do all of that, pray. While you are doing it, pray. Having done all of that, pray. Angels will go on assignment. Your business will begin to take an upward turn again. As God's children, things are supposed to get better and better for us. Not bitter and bitter. Better. Better and better. Not bitter and bitter. Ah, you know, my business is really down because because of Nigeria. Thank God for Nigeria. In the midst of the darkness, you will flourish. Amen. Doesn't the Word of God say that when men are cast down, you will say there's a lifting up? In Job twenty-two, when men are cast down, I didn't say when men say. I don't know why people misquote that scripture. Say when they say there's a casting down. No, this is when they say when they are actually cast down. You will say there's a lifting up. Amen. The last of the nine gifts tonight is the interpretation of tongues. It is the last of them, and it is the least. You know, teachers will say the last, but not the least. This is the last and the least. The gifts are nine in number, categorized into three, three subsets. The first three, the three gifts that say something. Second, the three gifts that do something. Third, the three gifts that reveal something. I'll go over them again. What are the three gifts that say something? Number one of them is the gift of prophecy, and it is the most important of the three of them. Number two of them, yeah, give me number two, after prophecy. We just did that like two weeks ago. Diverse kind of tongues. And then number three is the interpretation of tongues, which is the least in that subset, which is the one we're looking at tonight. Just a few minutes, we'll be out of here. The second set, we have the three gifts that do something. Now, the first three are the three gifts that say something. They are also called utterance gifts or inspiration gift. The second one are called the power gifts or the gifts that do something. Now, the most important of them is the gift of special faith. That gift does not actually work a miracle, but it receives a miracle. When it's in operation in anybody's life, they can receive anything from God. There are certain people, I tell you, who can believe God for anything. They ca- if they work in your company and they say look as i'm joining this company today i'm believing what's the what's the turnover every month they say well our turn, uh, monthly turnover is around 12.5 million all right i'm believing god in the name of jesus for 75 million turnover monthly somebody said nayam how does that even work <laughs> you better be careful if you have people like that around you They can believe God for anything. And when they make negative utterances, also, it will stay. It will stick just like that. They can believe. They can receive anything. The next in that power gift subset is the working of miracles. Isn't that amazing? The name of a gift is called working of miracles. I like that gift a lot. I like it because it works miracles. You've seen the ministry of certain people that grow legs like charles and francis hunter somebody's leg is shorter one leg is shorter than the other and in their meetings they'll say now sit down and they put the two legs by, by the side and then in the name of jesus they begin to ask the leg to grow it's like a mechanic walking his tools or like a doctor walking on a patient and they say now grow begin to grow in the name of jesus and you see the leg actually growing and sometimes, when it gets to the level where it should stop, it doesn't stop. It keeps growing until it grows longer than the other. And they tell it to go back, go back, go back, and stay and, and be at par in the name of Jesus. And it obeys them. The working of miracles. All of these give time the Bible. All of them. All the nine of them. The, the least in that subset of power gifts is the gifts of healings. That is the least. It's the smallest. And you know, we need to love that also. If that is in operation in your life, you command healing very cheaply. It's different from the general healing that we have in the Bible. And this time shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's for every believer. But some believers have, they operate in the gifts of healings. And the miraculous always happens. Now, the last subset are the three gifts that reveal something. That was actually where I started teaching from. The most important of them is the word of wisdom. Next to that is the word of knowledge, and the least of that, the very least of them, is the descending of spirit. The word of wisdom is the supernatural revelation of the mind of God. It is connected to the future, the present, and the future. Like this is what God is about to do. When God, when the Holy Spirit said to Ananias, "There is a man, brother Saul, in the house of Simon the Tanner." Go to him. He's a terrorist, right? But go to him. He's blind right now. Lay hands on him and let him recover his sight. And Ananias said, no, Lord. This guy wasted your church. He was killing people. He got letters from the priest. He was even, you know, coming up here to destroy us. And then you met him on the way. I'm not going to pray for him. The Lord said, mind your business. He is a vessel unto me. I'm going to use him to reach the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. I am going to use him. I have a plan. And I've shown him the things that he needs to suffer. Etc, etc. Showing the future of the ministry of Saul of Tarsus, Who became Paul the Apostle. That's word of wisdom. What God is going to do. Where God is going. He can show you. Can you imagine if the Lord shows you word of wisdom concerning your life. Concerning your business. Concerning your marriage. Concerning your home. Concerning your family. I mean life will be different. You be excited, okay? So this is what God is going to do. Then you key into it. Let me tell you something that rules the business world. In the business world, if you find out where people are going, all you need to do is get there first. That's all. The way things are happening now, this is the trend. In the next three years, this is what people will be doing. They will not be doing it this way anymore. They'll be doing. It, I mean, somebody thought of Facebook that people will connect all over the world and they'll be on the internet and they'll be wasting time (laughs) posting pictures and liking pictures i mean you, you can do that for three hours just going from your friend from one friend to another just looking at their profiles and liking pictures and liking pictures and liking videos oh wow nice ah look at manchester wow you know through pictures now you can see the countries of the world and you do that for three hours and some people do that consistently. When you leave Facebook, you go to Instagram, and then you are there. From Instagram to Twitter, and then you argue. On Twitter, they argue a lot. They drag, 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 argue. Then now there's Telegram. All sorts of things happen. Those were ideas. What do you think happens in the next 10 years? Some of those things will have fizzled out. But there will be other technologies. So if you find out where tech is going, wisdom says get there first. When you get there first, you are a multi-billionaire. Every other person now is trying to clone Facebook. They are trying to do do like Facebook, do like whatever, whatever, whatever. Because the guy got there first. Can you imagine in your line of business, there's a word of wisdom. My goodness. So this is the future of nursing. For example, I have a nursing sister in the house now. This is the future of nursing. And then you get there ahead of your mates. You become a trailblazer. That's what it means. So these things are not just meant for You know the pulpit; they can be applied in our business lives, in our relationships. When you are born again, you're not just to go to church, come to church, yeah, learn the word of God, then go and apply those things. But we get to the business word and then we're shivering. No, you have to apply those things. Then there is the word of wisdom. There is the word of knowledge. This one catches the attention of many Nigerians, just like prophecy. Word of knowledge, my God. It has to do with the past, and it's also connected with the present. Like God shows me supernaturally, Mm. Mm. my sister, five years ago, you were in Kaduna. Yes, Papa, yes, Papa. I know there's a lot of fake all over Africa. I mean, people just write scripts and do a lot of drama. And I look at them, and I shake my head. And they pastor mega churches, especially in South Africa, in Ghana, my goodness, and in Kenya. Those people are really suffering. Somebody will say, There is a lady here, your name is Joy. You work in the beauties, come out here. And then she's all shaky. Oh, yes, Papa, yes, Papa. Mm. I've seen your tears, see the Lord. For two years now, you've been trying to conceive, and uh, sometimes you conceive and then you lose the pregnancy. Yes, Papa, yes, Papa, yes, Papa, yes, Papa. Who yes, mm. is Patience? Patience, my best friend. Patience, I know you and this service come out now. Then they will usher her out. And then you hear the one that is hyping. They have a hype man. There's a hype man in the church. I mean, what, what have we turned the church of God to? You've turned the Holy Spirit into a gossip? These gifts are not for gossip. Patience. You took Joy to a prayer mountain last year. Yes, sir. Now she's a little bit sober. And you did so, 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 so. Yes, sir. Patience. Why? Now, that is to say she's the one behind the problem of Joy. And mean oh, no, no, no. What? Has anybody been edified? Has there been any exhortation? Has there been any... Building up of any sort? No. But Africans are really attracted. Everybody likes the supernatural. And the supernatural is either you flow with the Holy Spirit. Or you go with demons. So be careful. Spend more time. Here. In the Word And in prayer. With this book, you can never go wrong. Are you with me? The last of that. Afterward of knowledge will be the descending of spirits. Descending of spirits simply means seen into the realm of the spirit. Angels are there. Demons are there. All sorts of things are there. So tonight, we'll take the last of the all gifts, which is the interpretation of tongues. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 14. I hope I can do this in 15 minutes and we're out. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 13 to 15. There, there isn't much, actually, to say here. Um, let me give you the definition for those who want to write. The interpretation of tongues is the supernatural showing forth the interpretation of tongues is the supernatural showing forth showing forth by the spirit. The meaning of an utterance in other tongues. I take that again. The interpretation of tongues is the supernatural showing forth by the Spirit the meaning of an utterance in other tongues. Just like the name implies, interpretation of tongues. Somebody could give a message in tongues, and another that has this gift operating in them would actually get up in the service and give an interpretation of what was said in tongues. Now, this is no guesswork. But again, there can be an abuse of this. When you know that the gift is not really operating in you, or you're not operating the gift, and you just want to show the church that, yeah, I can interpret tongues. Mm. Like in the month of May, uh, there are some cows coming for you. Now, that's an abuse. If you have the gift, you have the gift. If you don't have it, you don't have it. Interpretation of tongues, I've actually seen where this operated, is the supernatural showing forth by the Spirit. It comes by the Holy Spirit. The meaning of an utterance that is given in tongues. Now, sometimes it could come from the same person that gives the utterance. And I'll I'll get to that very quickly. It could come in the place of your own personal prayer. Now, you must note this. Okay, let's quickly read First Corinthians 14, and I'm going to be in verses 13 to 15. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Somebody say pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. That is, my mind doesn't understand what I'm saying. When you pray in the spirit, it is your spirit man that is praying. That's why I love it. I love to pray in the spirit. I love my spirit, the most important part of me, to pray. My mind doesn't get what I'm saying. So it's it's unfruitful. All right? Now, what is it then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Just like we sing with the understanding. We sing in English, we sing in Yoruba, and we are blessed, and God is, is, you know, uh, worshipped. His name is adored, and the church is blessed. We can also sing in the spirit. Let's also do that. Don't just sing with the understanding. Sing also with the spirit. Sometimes you are, you are down, and the devil really wants you depressed. Now, get out of that. Don't be depressed. Don't allow the devil to depress you. Flow in the Holy Ghost. You might, you might start like you are starting in the flesh, but hey, The supernatural will catch up with you. Before you know it, 15 minutes you're on, 30 minutes you're on, an hour you're on autopilot. Now quickly go to verse 27. I'm going to read verses 27, 28, and then verse 40. Verse 27 now. If any man, if any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret I'm going to explain what that means. The next, next verse, verse 28. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. And then, let's go to verse 40. It says, let all things be done decently and in order. What does this mean? In his service, we shouldn't have too many people who want to give a message in tongues, or who want to give an utterance. Actually, we shouldn't say message, an utterance, in tongues. Oh, yeah, the pastor has taught us now about the gift of the Holy Spirit. One of them is diverse kind of tongues. Another is interpretation of tongues. So, we have 10 people lined up here, and each of them wants to, in, wants to give an, an utterance in tongues. Paul said, let's just do two or three in the service, and be sure that there is someone that can interpret. Because if you speak in tongues, and you don't interpret to us, you have built up yourself. You have edified yourself. Anyone that speaks in an unknown tongue builds up himself. But the church is not edified. Can you imagine me teaching tonight, and all I'm saying is in tongues? elebozi ala bahaya of renizo kuna mena haya so now lilo mehele zisk kele mahale oh lebrahadi skalemonosh and among this oh li haloni zi now some of you guys are laughing now have you been edified have you been built up have you been encouraged No. But if I do that one hour, guess what will happen? I'm not wasting time. I will be built up. I will be edified. Because according to 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. I guess verse 4. Verse 4. Edifies himself. But he that prophesies edifies the church. The word edify is the same word as charge. You know when you charge your phone battery, when you use your mobile phone for two hours or three hours, the battery will go down, then you plug it in and you charge it. The same word is the word edify. When you pray, listen to me church, I have just a few minutes to go. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, you are edifying yourself, you are charging yourself. When last did you charge your spiritual battery? You wonder why you are not hearing from God? You wonder why things are going the way they are. You wonder why, you wonder why, you wonder why you are not flowing in the gift of the Holy Spirit. You wonder why you keep going back to the same sin every time you repent and then you go back again and then you wonder why, is this the way it should be? No, it's not the way it should be. You should build up yourself. When you are fully charged, you are ready for action. You are ready for instruction. You will hear from God and you will do what he says to you. But when your battery is low, when your battery is flat, can you receive a call? A call from Chevron. A call from ExxonMobil. They want to give you a job. They'll be paying you thousands of dollars every month. You had sent in your CV. Maybe you had even done your whatever, oral interview. And the final day they wanted to call you, your phone was flat. Village people, no, you. You used that phone all night on every available social media. And then you slept off and then never made the power cut. And there was no way to charge the phone. We use ourselves like that many times. We 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 engage in too many things and we don't take time to build up. Jesus took time to build up. Mark 135. The Bible says, A great while before day, he arose and went to a solitary place and there prayed. What was Jesus praying for? He had the spirit without measure. His anointing had no measure. Yet he prayed. How much more? Our little, little small, small anointing. And yet we won't pray. And you're competing. You know, like some people, you, know, say you, are, you are Christians and you're doing politics. It's fine. Politics is good. We need people. We need Christians in, in politics. But listen to me. Are you edified? Are you built up? Are you charged? You are going to contend with people that are, that are very faithful to Satan. They are faithful to him. If he says, Give me your first son, they will give him. God has not said, Give me your son. God just said, Praise. Ah, man, it's not easy. Read your Bible. Uh, every Sunday is when I read Bible, when I go to church. You are not committed. We are not committed. And we are not consistent. Is it when you get to that political office that you start praying? No, you won't pray because you have too many political meetings that will run into late night, 3 a.m. You can't pray anymore. That's why you see Christians get to offices and in four years they do nothing. The spirit of that office takes over them. They sleep with women all over the place and go to nightclubs all over the place. And he used to be an elder in the church. Oh, what happened to him? The spirit of the office. Some of us go to business places, you go to con- contest with people, you are asking for contracts. <laughs> a pastor was sharing with me earlier today of a particular person. He said this man wanted to give his life to Christ, so he went to a pastor, pastor prayed to him and pastor said, "Let's destroy your juju because he was into voodoo, he was into so much charms." And the pastor said, "Bring your charms, let's destroy them." The man said, the man laughed. Pastor said, "Why are you laughing?" He said, "Because it's a truckload." It's a truck load. It will take a truck to bring them here. So the pastor said, okay, select the most potent of them, three, and bring them, and let's destroy them. He said they brought one, in a particular bottle, like the bottle of soda. Inside that bottle was a live lizard, like a wall gecko, live, and there was water inside. The thing was alive, and there was water inside. And so he said this one was for contracts. Anytime he was going for a contract, if he had a contract, he had a bid, he had to contest with other people. He would just open the bottle, drink a little bit of the water, and then cover it. He said, look, by the time he gets there, he's going to get the job. He's going to get the contract. He said, interestingly, sometimes when he's at the lobby, you know, before they call them in, you know, uh, for the same uh, 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 contract, he sees Christians, a couple of them, and they're they're, doing... He said, looks at them and says, uh, you're too late. That's not the place to come and pray. I I have said it to people often enough. I never heard anybody say that to me. I heard it from the Holy Spirit. If you are going for a visa interview and you are praying at the embassy, you are way too late. Nobody goes to the embassy to get visa. You get visa in your room, on your knees. That's where you get visa. Then when you go to the embassy, they give it to you. At the embassy, you are shaking your head like got double. Whoa, they will kick you out. You are disturbing everybody here. You get it at home, get it on your knees. Whatever you want out there, get it in there first. If you get it from the word, if you get it in the place of prayer, the world will give it to you. Are you with me? This gift called interpretation of tongues is the least. Why? Because it depends on other gifts. If you have the gift of interpretation of tongues, you depend on someone that has the gift of diverse kind of tongues to speak. For you to have something to interpret, so it is the least. I wrap this up. Note, I said this earlier. All these gifts operate by faith, but it takes more faith to prophesy than to give an utterance in tongues. Or to do interpretation of tongues. Because those gifts, or those who operate in those gifts, have another person to lean on. In other words, the person who operates in the gift of tongues can lean on the one with the gift of interpretation of tongues, and vice versa. However, the person who has the gift of prophecy has to have enough faith just to start speaking what he has received. What God tells you, you need to have enough faith to step out here and deliver it to the church. You know, trepidation, fear and trepidation can make you be shaking like this and you stay back. And that message you've got from God is for now. And it's for somebody who has come to church and who is planning to go home and commit suicide. So the gift of prophecy requires more faith. Amen? And for those of you that pray in tongues, everybody should pray in tongues. Paul said, greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks with with tongues except he interprets. So that the church may receive a divine. That's in 1 Corinthians 14.5. Don't just give a message in tongues. Don't just also pray in tongues. If it's collective uh, prayer. Now listen. When you pray personally in your private life. Tell God you want to interpret. That might not really be for all of us. It just might be for you. And so sometimes. You find yourself praying the Holy Ghost. praying the Holy Ghost. Particular, concerning a particular matter. And you wind up speaking in English. That is God letting you know what you are praying about. Now, it is not always necessary or required that, God, I really want to know what I'm saying. I really want to know every time. No, there are times they will grant you that opportunity. There are times the solution you need will flow out of your mouth. The location of your business. You want to start a business. You don't know where to locate it. And you're praying the Holy Ghost. And you're there for like three days. I mean, every day you take some hours out. And Some of us, look, if you, are, if you want to take important decisions, take time out. Important decisions. Take time out. And while you're praying, maybe the second day, maybe the third day, it could be a i and onu zuvre hale manikele mana burke de mana mono behind bova's filling station bodija elekambo buke de mahale vuvega liku de behind bova's filling station bodija what hole manikele mala bo brega mama ninge na no manikele male man mama mama behind filling bova's filling station bodija and you make your findings. And there's a space behind Bova's Filling Station, Bodhija. Look, we are not ordinary people. Stop living an ordinary life. Stop living a low life. It is time to go supernatural. This is the time everybody's down. This is the best time to preach the gospel. This is the best time to show them the light. This person is not your problem. That person is not the solution. Jesus is the solution. And when you yield yourself to prayer and these gifts begin to operate, you'll be bringing solution to the table. Can I have an amen? Why is it that sometimes somebody might give a short message in tongues, but when the interpreter comes, it's a very long interpretation. Sometimes they may give a very long message in tongues. When the interpreter comes, it's just two, three words. Why? Because it is interpretation of tongues, not translation. If it's translation, you have to translate every word like this, one by one. But we are talking about something supernatural here. Both that message is supernatural and the interpretation is also supernatural. It just might be it is well. That's what the president said. And the said, And he says, thus yet the Lord, I am with you, and it is well. And sometimes, it could be very short. Very short in tongues, but then the interpretation goes on and on. Boom! Until you get clarity. Amen. Don't forget, it is interpretation. It is not translation. This is because interpretation is simply showing forth, supernaturally, by the Spirit of God, the meaning of what was said in tongues. The interpretation may not require as many words as the original message, but the principle of clarity is involved. It may take longer to give the interpretation in order to clearly show forth the meaning of the message. In closing tonight, um, I say this about prophecy and interpretation of tongues and speaking in tongues, I mean, diverse kind of tongues. If the person... Who is interpreting tongues is also used in prophecy. He may finish the interpretation and go on into prophecy. It could be you. It could be you. It could be in your personal prayer time. It could be in the church. The gift of the interpretation of tongues comes on you. After Now, you see, speaking in tongues or diverse kind of tongues plus interpretation of tongues is equal to prophecy. So, if I come here and I give a message in tongues, Thus saith the Lord, I'm coming strong for you. I've made the way already and I don't want you to fear. I I, I want you to know that I'm with you. This time tomorrow, you will embrace your testimony before the sun goes down. I have given the message in tongues. I have given the interpretation. Combine the two of them. That is equal to prophecy. Amen? That's why prophecy is the strongest of the three. Prophecy, in, uh, diverse kind of tongues, and then interpretation of tongues. Most people who are keen in the spirit can readily recognize the difference. Because the instant one speaks forth prophecy, th- now listen, because I want you to watch, especially you young ministers. The moment somebody goes from giving a message in tongues into prophecy, you will notice a change. You will notice a difference. And what is the difference? The words will take on more authority and a greater anointing. You will see that the way this person went into that thing is not the way they are coming out. It is now, they are coming with full force, with so much boldness. The words carry so much authority and there's an anointing, a greater anointing. And it's like, just take that word and run with it. Amen. We'll have practical sessions very soon. So next week, what I'm going to do is to do a recap of the nine gifts of the spirit. Okay, and then from then on, before I go on to teach the fruit of the Spirit, we're going to have a service. Don't run away when we're going to have a practical, uh, by the grace of God, I trust God for that. Um, we can prophesy, amen. We should prophesy. Paul the Apostle said, Don't just speak in tongues, he said, Covet to prophesy, and I want to see that happen and happening. And will continue to happen amongst us in the name of Jesus. Can I have a better amen? Please stand on your feet.